Welcome to X-Men Evolution, episode 11 of Cyclops is Waiting for Me, an X-Men, the animated recap podcast. I'm JC, and to date this podcast, I'm debating going to Target at midnight tonight and trying to buy at least a dozen of the Lego minifigure series 2 for Marvel, because it has both X-Men and Hawkeye minifigures in it. And I'm Rod, and I just now learned, is Target open till midnight? Or just for this? In my area, there's definitely a Target open until midnight. Oh, wow. All the ones in my yeah. area are like closed at 10. A few days ago, I was at Target and they have the X-Men figures out. Yes, because that's the same series as the Cyclops that I purchased. Yeah. Yeah. And you were correct. They are very small. Right? Uh, they are not legend size. They are like closer to classic figure size. I want to say they might even be like They're smaller. a teeny bit smaller than the yeah. regular. I have my Storm in front of me and it's not too much different, but it was, Cyclops was definitely small. I remember Cyclops being a little bit bigger, but I mean, they look nice. They, it's hard to gauge because I'm always bias towards like, the original original ones right but they're also from like a third party company that i've not heard of before the series line is called like epic mm-hmm. and they're it's like they're definitely not meant to be as nice as the marvel legends figures and you know we especially compare them to the mondo figures the yeah. mondo figures are like you know 200 dollars each so those better be freaking amazing yeah and there's a lot of packaging on those i don't know if that's compensating for something like there's a lot of box around a tiny <sighs> figure I'd imagine it's to prevent theft, actually. Oh, because you have to like rip them out of the box to get it. Like the bigger the boxes, the harder it is to steal. So long boxes for CDs back in like the early '90s. Yeah, (laughs) that's funny. Yeah, CDs used to come in boxes. Yeah, well, remember was it Amoeba or no Tower Records had that whole PSA? They wanted to keep them in long boxes because they said shrink or whatever. But the general public was like, "This is dumb." The whole point of a CD is that they're compact because the shelves were made for record, like vinyl record. Mm-hmm. And so there was this whole PSA from Tower. They're like, see, we're going to put one shelf out where we take them all of the, out of their long boxes to show you how stupid it is. And then it backfired because everybody's like, this is great. This is better. <laughs> yeah. No, I could be in the Northeast. We didn't have a Tower Records or Amoeba or anything like that. So I, I never saw that, what you're talking about. Yeah, well, so I, I have to clarify. I, I also in Central Indiana, there was no Tower Records. But like later on when I was older, I saw like you know, like on YouTube or something, someone had uploaded that. You and I have very different algorithms. I just want to point that out. <laughs> Yours is Mortal Kombat and music. Mine is pretty much everything else. So. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Mortal Kombat, that has nothing to do with X-Men. I'm so excited about it. They recreated the original 93 commercial with Dave Batista. Yeah. So I, I think my they're, they're my, my uh, former co-worker, Dave Batista. Oh, nice. Oh, I forgot you worked. I didn't huh? know you worked with him specifically, but I remember you worked in wrestling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, but, I I was with Batista 2006 to 2009. So that's great. He's perfect for that voice. I, I kind of like as much as the classic ones gonna, is, is great and everything, especially with them starting over at MK1 universe and stuff. It's kind of makes sense like to have like a new iconic voice. And he's he's it. anyway, go watch the commercial. Nothing to do with X-Men, but for there's probably a lot of overlap between X-Men and Mortal Kombat fans. There's here. Anyway, Let us know in the comments if you like Mortal Kombat and Rod will instantly send you DMs. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm that meme of like the conspiracy theorists and stuff. That's me explaining, like talking to anybody about Mortal Kombat for hours. The always sunny board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except with Liu Kang's head on it. Anyway, as far as X-Men, Cyclops is waiting for me is our weekly podcast series where we're going back and watching every single X-Men animated episode we can find along with some bonus episodes. Four minutes and 45 seconds into the recording before you actually said the X-Men. third paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> our first series started with the original 1992 X-Men the animated series building up to the release of X-Men 97 which we thought was coming to Disney Plus in 2023 when you're hearing this it'll be midway through September so it's not looking so great right now but all the toys and everything are being released like even Loungefly has announced the pre-order for the Wolverine backpack yeah. for September 1st everything that's labeled as 97 is coming out this year except for X-Men 97 <laughs> 
it feels like either it's going to just drop in October or it was supposed to because oh, yeah. that, because he's usually like a month ahead, right? Not trying to talk about some drug properties, but there's stuff being promoted right now from some fast food restaurants. It's coming out like in a month and a half or so. I feel like that's usually like the window. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be really sad though if all the toys and stuff came out now and then like next summer we get 97. <laughs> it's just going to be action figure line two. That's all. That's true. Yeah, that could, they could also gauge who like popular characters are and stuff. Anyway, yep. we need to find some other shows to cover. <laughs> some quick reminders. We're a recap show about a series that started over 20 years ago. There will be spoilers, especially if you go into our TikTok comments. If you don't want it spoiled for you, pause the podcast. Don't read the TikTok comments and watch the episode before coming back. If you haven't guessed, we are currently not sponsored or affiliated with Marvel, Marvel Animation, Disney, or Disney Plus in any way. Also, I was just telling John offline, not only was there last episodes, I said that there was a spoiler for this season's finale which we'll get to in two two more two episodes episodes after this one if you care and you're like us and you haven't watched it there's also a series finale spoiler in there it feels like a smaller one but it was interesting (laughs) that basically means rod is the one who's handling all tiktok comments at this point because i have been able to avoid that spoiler so yeah don't forget to follow us on social media cyclops iwfm pod on instagram tiktok threads x and facebook and of course make sure to follow us on all your favorite podcast services now on to the show today we're going to be talking about (coughs) dying season one episode 11 titled grim reminder that's awkward after i just said i was dying It aired on April 14th of 2001 currently sits at a 7.2 star rating on IMDb. We talked about this last time with titles. This just seemed like someone who just, they just named it like in general. There's nothing like clever to the X-Men franchise, right? This was just like a, oh, this is a dark memory. Yep. Nope. Okay. <laughs> this is kind of like what was it? Shadowed Past was the yeah. was the last one, and we thought that was going to be a kitty thing, and it wasn't. Yeah. Or Survival of the Fittest, which I'm going to address in the next couple episodes. <laughs> which was nothing to do with Apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. So Cold Open kicks off where Wolverine is in a green tube, and it's like, okay, cool, we're getting the Wolverine origin episode, and we're getting it way earlier than we did in X Men '92. Yeah, yeah, my note was like, ah, finally getting the Weapon X storyline. Or I guess not finally, but like they've hinted at it a lot this season. See, I feel like they've been pretty low key on it for this one, at least. Yeah, well, I guess I, I guess I, when I say hinted at, not not like a lot. They just like other oh, stuff we don't know about Mr. Logan, you know? Yeah, they, they just had the aura of mystery around him. So he's in a green tube. And the first thing that stood out to me was like it was kind of doing like the whole double vision thing. And I couldn't tell if that was a error on the playback or if it was a memory at first. Yeah. And then, of course, it's revealed that was you know that was intentional claws pop out he has these weird hose things that reminded me a little bit of the matrix coming out of his back and then he cuts his way out and he just kind of like wanders into the woods initially i was like i guess someone didn't think about his claws being harder than the glass but i don't know i don't know what you think to me it almost hinted at like they intended for him to escape it was like part of the thing or something I, no one was around well i think it's also like this is the memory and you know it could have been a scenario where he was just in overnight or something like that you know it's kind of like unreliable narrator like he's only remembering what he saw from it there's a quick flash and you start to see the doctor in his flash as he's out in the woods and then you see a shadow which we know is saber tooth obviously you know very very thinly hidden reference right there and then in you know the real world is that what the opposite of the dream world would be the real world he just falls out of bed yeah from nightmare and then intro when it comes back from the intro kitty wakes up but not from the nightmare it's a weird cut right like he wakes up from nightmare but then it's like kitty just waking up from the normal morning well it's it's also after the animated thing is so Mm -hmm. it's only it's only weird if you actually click skip intro but yeah kitty wakes up and then i like how subtly 
because we haven't addressed this yet in the show, she uses her hand to short out her alarm clock. Yeah, so we're going to see this a little bit later in, yeah, it is in this episode, and yep. in, where you just mentioned here. So we've talked about before, like, if she doesn't completely face through something, does she, like, die or get hurt or whatever? It seems like it's the opposite. She displaces what she phases through. Right, so that that is a consistent thing in the comics, is if she phases through something and it is electronic, it essentially shorts it out. Like we were saying, when she, she kills someone by going inside them or whatever, it's, like, very similar. It actually, like, pushes out whatever matter she's going through. Right, but in this instance, she doesn't actually unphase it is just literally as she is phased and goes through that shorts out the oh, electronics gotcha. okay gotcha. yeah so she never unfazed when she was doing that gotcha okay she then like you know tired stumbles into the closed ladies room with rogue and it's like that could have gone way way worse i'm really happy it was just like rogue was like brushing her hair and stuff right or yeah, like I... doing makeup or something she's like because that was rogue was not happy Right. Yeah, because it said occupied on the front, and it was actually it was set up like a. I don't think we've seen this before. That it's set up like a dorm. Yes. So even though they have like bedrooms that look like a home, the shared bathrooms. I am surprised that they're single person bathrooms. That's a little bit weird to have in like a in a dorm side. scenario. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because it had like a women's restroom sign on it. It's like, what does it matter if it's a single person? I, like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, does I mean? I guess it could just teenage guys are gross, and they're like, this at least keeps Probably. our bathroom clean. Yeah, that's that's very valid. <laughs> yeah. So she starts narrating the episode where she is emailing her parents and kind of giving them an update of what's going on by by living in the mansion. And that becomes like kind of the narrative device for the entire episode. Mentions how, you know, it's basically always crowded there. And then you have like the moment where people are like bumping into her and, and everything like that. And then she is over in the kitchen slash yeah, the kitchen, because the dining room is a separate room. They have yeah. multiple rooms to eat in as a group. I, I wrote down this is kind of like a breakfast nook. Yeah, like that's fair. Kitchen, you know? And she looks over and Logan is reading a paper. I tried to read the paper. I don't think it was actually like words on it. It like it, it had letters, but it was not like a name on the, the headline of that newspaper. Yeah, it was like a Lauren Ipsum or something. Something like that. She like gets caught staring at Logan and he's like, what's the matter, kid? Am I reading too loud for you? <laughs> Or half pint. He actually calls her half pint here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I remember Kit had mentioned that on her episode. That being one of those affectionate terms that Wolverine has for Kitty. You know the this is really both a sign of the times and from what I remember of college, like pretty accurate. It is kind of crowded. I kind of at the time like that. Of course, I don't like that now. But I think part of what I liked about it then was like I knew that it was going to be a short lived time. You're going to live somewhere with a bunch of your friends, and then also her emailing long enough to narrate that whole episode. At that time, like you would write letters to people, you know, not just be like, "Hey, dork face, what about Thursday?" and then send, you know, like she's like writing, like she's writing home, like a whole it thing. It was very similar vibe to like the original Doogie Howser, where like say, how yeah. he was recapping his day as a journal, but yeah. doing it in an email. I guess it was like early form of live journaling kind yeah. of scenario, the except only, just to her parents. The only thing that didn't really check makes sense, but and this is not their fault because this is, this is like the, this way the show needed to work, but not they're going to be accurate to dorm life. But that everyone's showing up at the same time, especially yes. if they have single bathrooms. <laughs> the only time that kind of happened, I was in an all-guys dorm, and we had, like, a community bathroom. You know, there's shower heads in the wall, and, like, a yeah. bunch of stalls and stuff. So we would all show up. Like, fourth floor Joy Hall would all show up at breakfast at the same time. But that's because we literally were all on the same schedule. You know? Right. 
but like a your bunch cycles of matched up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but a bunch of like co-ed random students who had to individually use the bathrooms would all show up to breakfast at the exact same time. Yeah, all fully clothed <laughs> and ready to go and stuff like that. So I can see how she think that was aggravating. At that point, she's like, no, I'm just kind of enjoying the peace and quiet. Of course, jinxes herself as everybody walks in. And then there was like lots of shade being thrown around too. Like, did you notice that? They were all kind of like shit talking each other where Spike grabs the milk and he starts chugging it. And then somebody's like, who drank all the milk? It kind of felt like an Italian family during <laughs> Christmas yeah. because everyone was talking at the same time, but I understood every conversation that was going on simultaneously. Man, that, I guess that's the difference between our upbringings and stuff. Because and I had a smaller family, but also I'm the kind of person where, like, I was with Kitty. All the input just became a wash. And I, I was feeling the anxiety grow with her because everybody's talking over each other. And then the TV came on and then the volume kept going up. And yeah. she was talking louder. And I'm like, what is going on? As the TV is turning up, it's a news reporter talking about how there is a Bigfoot-like creature in the Canadian wilderness. And it definitely evoked memories for me of like Wolverine stories and stuff like that instantly. You know, there there was the introduction of Wolverine, which happened in Incredible Hulk. And he was going out there, obviously not looking for the Weapon X program, but because there was a creature in the forest and it had Hulk and the Wendigo also in there with him. But yeah, it, it definitely gave me a little bit of that comic flashback at that point. Mount McKenna, which I didn't look up to see if it meant anything. Okay. I wrote it down and then forgot to look it up. I, I think we figure figuring out this show, there's not as many of those clever Easter eggs as we you know, had gotten used to in 92. Well, they didn't have their Larry Houston. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, sure, yeah. you know, the team, I'm sure, loved the, like, the comics, but, you know, we heard from the Lee Walls. Larry is an encyclopedia with that kind of stuff. And we don't know, was Marvel as active a participant in this? Or, you know... Was it slightly more inspired by Fox? Like, you know, we'll talk about that in two episodes, but it felt like there was less going back and, and making homages to the comics in that regard. Yeah. If anything, somebody probably re like thought, that, you know, or somebody probably looked up and saw that that was like a, an actual mountain range or something in an right. area, threw it in there. Yeah, just like the school for Spike was an actual like yeah. address in Google, which we still don't know if it's a real school or not. But yeah, somebody just added it. <laughs> yeah. Kitty kind of points out that sometimes Mr. Logan is really rude, and then it cuts to Logan in his room. He's holding his head, he's in pain, and he just starts demolishing his room. Yeah, I had he he goes into like a PTSD episode. Yeah, I mean this is the the closest we've seen so far to you know what what we've referenced in the past of like Wolverine going into his berserker mode. Cuts over. Evan is laying on the couch and he's just shooting spikes randomly into the ceiling. To hold up a poster, though. To hold up a poster. <laughs> it reminded me of the kid who would be in, like, study hall and just be, like, launching pencils into the styrofoam ceilings in school. But also, that was, like, the legitimate ceiling of the room. So it's kind of a dick move of him. He's just kind of, like, defacing a public area. Yeah. He's, he's, he's like, oh, this mansion is probably going to be destroyed in the next two weeks anyway. So This location hasn't gotten as much damage to it <laughs> as the previous one. Yeah, it's still pretty regular, though. Like, they just destroyed all, like, Juggernaut destroyed all those walls and Cerebro. It's like the first, like, actual damage. Yeah, and then Logan just demolished his room. He's just, I don't know if Xavier just has, it like, a budget just for constant reconstruction or, like, a great insurance plan. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not insurance. He does not want to report that shit, man. Right. 
Like, because then they're going to start inspecting the grounds and then somebody is going to get shot by a laser. It's going to end badly. So, yeah. Kitty comes in and she sees that, it, like, he's using it to hang a poster. And she's like, well, what if people don't like the festering boils? And it was, like, the most 90s, 2000 fake band name possible. And one that someone who wasn't an actual kid would have come up with, right? It's, like, what your parents hear when you tell them your favorite band's name, you know? Like, today yeah. I just made a video about, like, the offspring. I think if I told my parents that name, they'd be like, the festering boils, the what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, could, you could insert that into it and they would believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Kitty gives him a little bit of shit deservedly for it. And he's like, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And then she's like, you know, I don't know if because he's the youngest, which also I did not realize. I, I thought her and Kurt were the two youngest of the group. That's true. Yeah. Because the way I guess or at the very least her, Kurt and Spike, maybe. Yeah. So apparently Evan is the youngest in the group. And she's like, you know, I don't know if he's just unaware or if he is aware and he just doesn't care. And that's when part of the ceiling just collapses on her. Right. So it, it begs to question like, what, yeah, what are those spikes made? Of? If those are bones, like we said. They're bone spikes. So they're not just tacks sticking into the ceiling. They're like damaging the infrastructure. Of I mean, at the, at the very least, it's, it's enough to mess up the is it sheetrock that's on the ceiling for the most part? I don't know how uh, construction works. Right. I mean, that house probably cardboard since they have to replace it all the time. <laughs> it's like those influencer mansions out on the on the west side of LA. It's stuff they're made to be demolished during parties, you know? So, like, <laughs> you can, like, push your hand through a wall. There's a little dirty little secret if you haven't been out to those party houses in LA. You just start <laughs> pushing your hand through random walls, Rod? You're a horrible guest. <laughs> so, Kitty is then in a tree nearby. This is where it I got away from my parents, was I climbed trees because I knew they couldn't follow me. Did you? When I was a kid, yeah. I never climbed trees when I was a kid. I loved it. I did visit my parents a couple summers back. I looked at that tree. I was like, that was a good time, but not anymore. <laughs> you just look at it and your knees start aching. Yeah, everything. My, they, I started getting scrapes just by looking at it. <laughs> yep. And then there's like a little bit of a moment where I felt like Kitty was crushing on Scott. Oh, I can see that. And I don't know if it's like something because we've already seen it like in a past episode. I don't know if there's going to be like a future love triangle moment or something, but she's like, you know, sometimes he's like a kid and sometimes he's super responsible, but today he's acting like a kid. I don't know. I got a little bit of like the, the puppy love vibe off of it for some reason. Yeah, because when she said he was being responsible, he was actually like changing the oil of his car. So it seemed like yeah. he's just he's actually doing something that like everybody else was just like just fucking around. Right. And he was like, you know, taking care of his like little muscle car. Like, like it was his project and stuff. Yeah. But then he immediately like undoes that. <laughs> yeah. She then looks over to the other side and it's like a little bit of like a garden area and professor x is talking with logan and she thinks that he's like gonna get shit for destroying his room because i guess when you're a teenager you think just like the old person is going to yell at everybody despite the fact that we know that wolverine is older than than professor x yeah and i, I guess we don't know if the kids know that Right. Like, they might think he's just, like, 30. Right. <laughs> so, Logan mentions that he got triggered by watching the news. There's something in his head. And then, at least this time, this is the first time of the series, aside from the Rogue episode, he actually asked for consent before going into somebody's head. Yeah, and it doesn't, actually, doesn't Logan even tell him? Like, or, yeah, does Lo Logan says, like... He requests you, it. Yeah, yeah, Logan's like, can you come in here and, like, figure out what the fuck's going on? Yeah. So they basically like replay the original flashback from the start of the episode. He mentions that it is a repressed memory, not a nightmare. He has him go back in. And when he goes back in, you get a clearer image of Sabretooth and the doctor tracking him. And then he's like, yep, I gotta go. And Professor X says, do you want some company? 
and you get the most Wolverine answer of like, do I ever? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now we're starting to see the characters we knew from before. No. Yeah. Logan's pretty level-headed so far. And then so far. Now. Kitty then goes into the jet where she is continuing her message for her parents. All of this is before school, by the way. Yeah. That. I, I didn't, they I did a lot that morning. She she was on a lot of different areas of the school ground. Only having woken up with her alarm said like six thirty or something like that. She did a lot in an hour and a half. I feel like. Now I can't remember. I guess you could have an email client, so you could do all this offline and then send it later. Was that a thing at the time? Probably. Okay, because otherwise, with her laptop, my college where I went to school at was the first one that had campus wide Wi Fi. Yeah. So I was like, did she go to Greenville? But I was like, okay, she might, maybe she's like drafting this because once again, email is a lot more precious at that time. I I bet it's a draft scenario. Not She was not getting Wi-Fi in that tree, man. She was nowhere <laughs> near the house. Come on. Also, being in the jet, like there's no way they had strong enough Wi-Fi in the jet. Yeah, yeah. Kurt pops in. And he's like, come on, we got to get going. And she gets frustrated because she's like, I just want some privacy. And then he, what did he call her? He was like, oh, touchy, touchy. Yeah. And then it was like, sounds like somebody has an astrophysics exam. I'm like, who the fuck is taking <laughs> astrophysics when they're like in high school, let alone she's not a senior or anything like she's not in like AP classes and shit. We know she's smart, but like there's something about the school we're going to learn. It's crazy because they, they had to do survival training and, and that like that weird like snowmobile trip to the cave. Yeah, and stuff like there's something else with this school. It's like a I don't want to say magnet program because I I don't think any magnet program is that dangerous. But like there's some, something else. But like yeah, astrophysics and cave trip and survival training. Like these are your standard. Right. They start to to get ready to leave, and then all of a sudden the jet just starts taking off, and you see that Wolverine is piloting. Kurt is playing it off like, oh, we'll just let him know that we're here, and then he decides to like walk up and tap him on the shoulder instead of just saying something from a distance, which in any scenario does not feel like this type of thing you should do to Wolverine. Especially if knowing Wolverine, which I feel like they know enough. Now, exactly. If he didn't sense you already, because he's the dude that like smells Sabertooth from two miles away. Mm -hmm. If you're in the same enclosed room with him, and he doesn't notice you like something's off. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Like, he should be able to smell Kurt as a whole, because he's a teenage boy, or even, like, little things like, you know, whatever conditioner Kitty has put in her hair, like, any yeah. of the normal sense a super-sensed person would be able to, to realize is there. We haven't established if there's, like, the brimstone smell when he teleports in the series yet, right? But he typically has that sulfur or something. We have not formally established that it smells like brimstone. There was in the... Middle verse episode, there was a reference to a smell, but it wasn't specific as to what it was. Because mm -hmm. Rogue smelled that, remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. It, it, either way, a lot of different things. That yeah. Should've... There should be things that should trigger for Wolverine. And when that happens, he gets tapped and he turns. And the only thing I would say, I am shocked he missed. My note here is like, I thought they were going to show him teleport just in time. In, right. And he, he would have been stabbed. Like, That's my you know? thought too. Yep. <laughs> Just yeah, that 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 like feels right like there. it would be how how it would go. I guess you can't show the intent of stabbing a kid in the face. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. And so my my next thing after that was like, well, there's that magic autopilot again that we just talked about like an episode or two ago. Kurt does teleport away after Logan almost stabs him, <laughs> and Wolverine is is really struggling, and he 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 knows enough to put on autopilot, but he's also like, why are you here? Why are you following me? 
And then he just starts slashing the door frame. Yeah. Well, he closes it first, right? And then oh, he slashed it. He slashed the edge of the frame first, and then he hits the button, and then he goes through the door. <laughs> I think that was for me the first sign of like, there's something they altered his origin story a little bit because there's something else going on there other than like the because I at least the Wolverine I'm familiar with, it's always just like a PTSD thing. <laughs> It's yeah, it's it's more related to conditioning rather yeah. than than this one where we find out there's something literally in his head. Yeah, so not like just him, metaphorically. Him like chasing the kids, like oh, there's something more there than just a repressed memory. So Kitty and Kurt are like, well, we should probably get out of here. Kitty's like, well, can't you teleport us? And I do appreciate that they actually address momentum with Kurt's power. Yeah, I like his description. He was like, let me describe what would happen. <laughs> bumpity 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 splat. <laughs> But in a German accent, the jet lands in the snow and Wolverine just starts walking. Kitty phases to the outside and Kurt teleports out to meet her. We have seen now in this one, it doesn't obey the rules of Kurt has to see exactly where he's going. He just needs to be able to like picture it, I guess. Because yeah, yeah, they they let him get away with that one. Because again, that was always the concession of like, if he couldn't see it, it was always a risk for him. Or just this version of Kurt doesn't understand that that risk exists yet. We're gonna in another season, like he's gonna lose his tail or something. <laughs> just has no left arm. Yeah. <laughs> but he says that the radio was jammed, so he couldn't contact anybody. I'm assuming Wolverine stabbed it, or it was something with the base that was preventing it. I thought you were gonna say they're in Canada. <laughs> I mean, they are in Canada, right? <laughs> yeah. So Wolverine's walking through, and you see the doctor. By the way. Doctor is never formally named in the episode. Yeah, I didn't know who he was supposed to be. I, I imagine he was supposed to be the equivalent of Dr. Cornelius from, okay. from the other stuff. Some of the, the websites reference saying like he was like essentially the substitute for William Stryker, who was the mm. one in the X2 movie and stuff like that. He felt more like a Cornelius to me, though, if I'm being honest. When he started speaking... It was different than I thought. I thought they were going to make him, like, well, I can't remember his name, scientist that's in all the MCU movies right now that ended up in the computer and stuff. I, I thought he was going to oh, have, like, a German accent or something. like an Armin Zola. Yes, like a Zola. Just because of the way they had animated him. You know, round glasses, bald heads. He looked a little bit like the mad scientist from Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that or Batman animated Iceman. Not Iceman. Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze? I was going to say Iceman is definitely not Batman. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Freeze. I don't know. I, I thought it was going to be a little bit different. Some sort of accent, but he was just like a dude. <laughs> he was He was just a very mean Canadian. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But we see there is a brain scan, and that's where you get the reveal that there is actually the physical chip in Wolverine's head, and it has been there for a while. At that point, I was like, oh, so maybe his escape was like a little bit intentional or like planned for at the very least. Or that was just the insurance policy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I ever got the vibe it was intentional because I feel like a lot of the times where he's talking about him throughout the episode it's always like in reference to how expensive he was the investment that was put into him so I don't feel like he would have wantingly let him go at least at least on my perspective of it Mm -hmm. so Sabretooth comes into the room and it was like oh you know what what made him come in here and it was like you know he's he's been fighting it so long from like sheer force of will but he must have let his guard down being too comfortable with the x-men and then he was like yeah that footage definitely helped bring him in isn't that right bigfoot and Sabretooth was pissed about that he's like that's not a fucking joke i do like the internal lore though that Sabretooth is bigfoot because it makes sense from like a silhouette 
standpoint, you know, of like him being big and not even that hairy yet, but like that he's wearing the stuff that makes him look like the. So, uh, so you're going with in this universe, Bigfoot sightings are actually just saber tooth. That's your vibe. I, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Like, I kind of, I kind of dig that, especially because we're getting more and more aware that the the general public is not quite as aware of yeah as we're used to yeah i I mean it's it literally in 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 an episode or two they call that out point blank that that the general populace has not been introduced to mutants yet so that's kind of an interesting i don't know i i kind of dig it It kind of makes sense especially in the you know they said in the news report earlier like a bigfoot sighting and in yep mckenna or whatever yeah it's almost like you have to make a little bit of an assumption that alpha flight doesn't exist in this world then because then they would assume that sasquatch was bigfoot from alpha flight or maybe it's just a conglomeration like it's like any big burly humanoid looking thing in the woods is a bigfoot or something right so the doctor turns up the chip saber tooth attacks and then they start fighting each other i like how the chip has like the one magic dial as far as we know there's no other control yeah, it's just a circle <laughs> dial that is just like up the percentage scenario. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that did stand out to me, like we don't need to go into like the step-by-step details. The fight choreography was really good. I like it, yeah. Like there was definitely somebody who had at least a little bit of experience with setting up fight scenes in, in this episode in particular. It felt like a like a fight out of an action movie kind of vibe. Yeah. I, it was yeah, it right. wasn't just a single like joke move kind of scenario, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like the fighting in this show in general, but yeah, you're right. This is more intentional. Wolverine begins to get the upper hand. The doctor arrives, and then he literally just like turns up the dial further, and Sabretooth knocks him out, and they give the welcome home. It's very polite of the doctor to turn it up incrementally. <laughs> I also get the vibe that it's like if he turns it up too much at once, it blows up Wolverine's head. <laughs> There you go. So they're back at the lab and you get a little bit of that exposition dump. I do love that they have not repaired the room that Wolverine destroyed. From I guess we don't know how long it's been. I feel like it's been a while though. Right? I feel like it's got to be a few years, like maybe a decade, but definitely Wolverine is so comfortable with Xavier that it has to be at least three years minimum. However long Scott has been at the Institute, is at least how long Wolverine has been escaped from that area. Yeah, they lost all their funding after they lost the main project. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually probably accurate. (laughs) That's where the doctor does explain that, you know, Wolverine was essentially a financial investment. And then we get the throwaway line that is not addressed for the rest of the episode where Wolverine asks who ordered it. And the doctor is like, oh, I'm shocked you haven't figured it out. And that's when Sabretooth walks back into the room. So we don't actually get resolution to that question season two teaser (laughs) well yeah i mean or you know this could have been a little bit more of a long play and you know maybe it's even you know one thing i did see without spoiling anything is that there are multiple wolverine origin episodes in this show so that's why it could be spread out across multiple seasons Sense. He's the most popular character, so it's like how you keep people watching the show. <laughs> no. They get another Bigfoot jab on Sabretooth, and I think that Sabretooth is like, he must have his own safety protocol, because why else wouldn't he have ripped this guy's like throat out at this point? Yeah, right. The doctor says, oh, look, so we're ready for our training, and then our two test subjects are ready, and you see Kitty and Kurt, you know, on the camera walking through. So Wolverine starts to, to resist, and basically the doctor's like no this is the time we resume the project weapon x and he specifically says 
that they're the ultimate mutant slayers, which is different than what we've seen, you know, in other Weapon X program references, where essentially Weapon X in the comics was trying to recreate the super soldier serum for Cap. Yeah, they're, they're like, we don't want to, like, dive into the Avengers in the show. We have so many characters already. <laughs> yeah. And especially at that point, like, all the licensing, I'm sure, was it would have been a fucking nightmare. Jump over to the woods. Kurt and Kitty see Wolverine, and they're like, oh, there he is. And then Sabretooth appears from behind him, and they're like, oh, shit. And they start running. Yeah, I like the line. I forget which one of them said it. They're like, Sabretooth, but they're mortal enemies. Oh, Kitty I think said Kitty that. said that. Yeah. Yeah. And then Nightcrawler was like, yeah, our, our mortal enemies <laughs> as they're running away. <laughs> yeah. So they split up. Wolverine tries to claw Kitty and basically cuts out part of the cliff that she's running across as she starts to fall down that. Sabretooth is tracking Nightcrawler. And then we get to the moment between Wolverine and Kitty where she's asking, what's the matter? Basically saying, like, you know, you need to resist. And then Wolverine starts to. And then the doctor goes up to 60% now. Yeah. Again, to your point, he doesn't just go all the way. He's very courteous. No. (laughs) And then they start chasing again. There was one animation thing that I thought was really interesting where she's hiding around a tree. He's cutting through the tree. And then he's running so fast in front of the tree as it's falling. But if you looked at the trajectory of the tree falling, it would have fallen on him. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it was per. It's literally running in the shadow of the tree that is falling, and I'm like, that means it's going to land on top of him. <laughs> but he goes for like a kill shot that doesn't happen, and she phases through the side of a hill. I, I thought for sure in one of these things, but I guess like you said, they couldn't. They probably can't show the intention of him stabbing a child. That she was going to phase through like him stabbing. Right, he was going to stab, and she was just going to take it without, yeah. yeah. So he goes to the cliff. He has a quick, like, memory flash of Kitty, and that's where he starts, like, screaming no. Oh, yeah, because he thought he thinks that he had forced her off the cliff. Right, because he's not seeing her. He's at the edge of the cliff. She comes up from behind, turns, and then he's ready to claw into her and stops just in time. She pulls his mask off. You know, she she drops the half plant line again as a reminder, and that's where we actually get him to retract the claws. She cuts it very, very close. About as close, like, or actually probably worse than the Nightcrawler stuff from on the plane because the claws are still pointed at her face. Like, he just hasn't yeah. followed through on it yet. Yeah. And it's like if he sneezes, she doesn't have a head anymore. Or at least she has a few piercings. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so they're in the middle of that, and it's starting to work. You kind of get the sense that, like, Wolverine's starting to, like, pull through. But before he can actually, like, fully come to, Sabretooth, like, appears out of nowhere and just tackles him. I guess he got away from Nightcrawler. Yeah, like, just off the cliff, and then the chase resumes on it. Mm-hmm. They start headed back to the lab. Wolverine actually is in front. He actually gets back to the lab first, and the doctor instantly panics because he's like, Sabretooth, where is he? Because apparently he doesn't have enough cameras to know yeah. what's going on. And Sabretooth finds a grate that has been, like, clawed open, basically. And he's like, oh, shit, you have to protect me. And then he instantly moves the chip to 75%. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't know, maybe that would be the time to go 100, because it doesn't matter at that point if you, if you yeah. protect him, if his head blows up. <laughs> maybe you should just blow up his head. Yeah. Let's see how good the healing factor is. Right. You get a little more back and forth between Nightcrawler and Sabretooth, and Nightcrawler, like, balls up pretty big. He's like, you know, if I want to, I could teleport you two miles from here right now in the middle of the woods. And Sabretooth, he says, that's where I'll kill you without saying the phrase kill you. Wolverine 
cuts through the door. They basically max out the chip. It doesn't work. The doctor deploys the security drones. It's like spider robots. That's a really good description. They have a little bit of a shitty Star Wars robot vibe. <laughs> yeah. Like, definitely the droid army vibe. Wolverine starts fighting, but he's eventually overcome by them. And that's when Kitty phases into the room. To her credit, she figures out, oh, all that's probably going through one computer, because that's how shit used to be back in the day, that you destroy one console. At least they carried that over from X-Men 92. I like her commentary. When she walks in the room, she's like, I see what's going on. She beelines to the computer. And I guess this, your explanation makes more sense than what I thought. I thought she was displacing stuff as she phases through. You're saying, like, she disrupts, like, the electrical stuff and blows it up. Well, I think I think you're accurate with saying that she still does displace it by going into the electronics. She just doesn't unphase because I think if she unphases in something that isn't organic, she's the one that would like okay splat. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the we know with with Mystique, the rules are different in this world, but that that's kind of how I've gotten yeah. it because that does match up with the other side of her wiping her hand through something like you know security cameras and shit like that. I feel like the whole thing goes into like self-destruct mode and Logan's like yelling at Kitty, get out of here. And she's like, I can't leave you. The Nightcrawler pops in and he's like, not the time to argue. Okay, bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this one's not up for discussion. We're leaving. They teleport really far out. Like that's the farthest I think we've seen Kurt teleport at this point. Yeah. Well, he did say two miles before, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess he's tested it. So Sabretooth arrives and you get a little bit of a moment between him, Wolverine and the doctor. And he says, you know, the Weapon X program has been terminated. And then there's a massive fucking explosion. Mm -hmm. well, so we're going to assume the doctor's dead, right? Yeah, I guess because they didn't name him. I guess if they gave him a name and he also had some sort of like, I don't know, something or we saw a pod escape or whatever. Yeah, there is like, there is not a way that something that doesn't have a healing factor survived that. I just yeah. I, I, I didn't get the impression of that, at least. And they, you know, rightfully so thought that Wolverine died in the middle of all that, you know. Yeah. It's basically a small city kind of imploded. <laughs> yeah, they, they had a little bit of like that trauma bonding moment where they're just like, shit, this just got way more real where they're sitting out there and just kind of waiting. And that's where Wolverine does emerge. Pretty shredded up costume. And I think that's kind of like where we have to assume he was actually pretty messed up. And just because of his healing factor, by the time he got to them, like his skin and his bones had healed, but for his costume to be that messed up, he definitely took some damage, you know? Yeah, no, that was sensor magic. <laughs> it, was it was quality sensor magic. He's messed up, just not on the skin. He can yes. He can't be bleeding. <laughs> yeah, we don't want his stomach falling out or, you know, his yeah. left lung punctured and bleeding. So jump back over to the mansion and he wakes up and Xavier's there with him. The first thing he does is check to make sure that the kids are okay. Mm -hmm. And Xavier says, you know, Kitty's been coming in every hour and checking on him. He also mentions that they got rid of the chip and asked him if he's in any pain, which I feel like of all the people, even if he was in physical pain, he's never going to admit it. Yeah, Xavier says she's been checking in on you every hour after the surgery. And I, the first thought in my head was like, what the, how the fuck is surgery like on a man like that? Like, Dude, you imagine <laughs> literally it's just Cyclops blasting into his skull. <laughs> right. Or like you have like, your assistant holding the opening open. I mean, that kind of begs the question, how did they get to the chip on his brain if his skull is laced in adamantium? Oh, that's a good point. Pulled it out through his eye. Oh my God. <laughs> it's literally the only way you could do that. Right, yeah, or is that the, yeah, I don't know. If you're if you're a medical person out there, what other ways, because it's, it's through his nose maybe or something, or I don't know. Yeah, his nose or his <laughs> eyes would have to be the only way because that's the only soft tissue. It's got gross real quick. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. That's the worst thing we've talked about on this show. For all of you who are new to just the X-Men Evolution portion, there was an ongoing joke for how many episodes about Cyclops semen? Oh, yeah. Whenever Joe Russo joined. It was before Joe Russo. Was that? It was the Wally episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, halfway through. Exactly. <laughs> Wolverine is like, you know, I still have to find out more. And that's kind of like what I was alluding to. Of We have the unanswered question of who was it that actually ordered this? Because we know it wasn't the doctor. Because the doctor's like, oh, you haven't figured it out yet? He didn't take credit for it. He was definitely operating under somebody else's orders. Yeah, it has to be somebody we don't know yet, right? Because we're going through like the suspects right now. Unless they make a big change and it's Xavier or some shit like that. Xavier... Or it's somebody we haven't met yet. Yeah. Those are those are the really the only three options, I feel like. If they keep up with Wolverine's animated lore, it's going to be a woman he dated. That's kind of how it's gone for him. Uh, <laughs> they, they've all been like, sorry, yeah. I didn't have a choice. I lured you into this. Yeah. Or the dad <laughs> of a woman that he dated, you know. Yeah. But yeah, the episode ends where Nightcrawler is keeping everybody out of the dining room so Kitty could get a little bit of privacy. And I call bullshit on that. Yeah. I, I do not think that Kurt could stop all five of them from getting to the dinner table. There's plenty of other rooms in that mansion to have some private space. Like they just showed a breakfast nook, like a bunch of other stuff. Also that like, they were like, we're hungry, but the lights were off in there and there was nothing set on the table either. So it wasn't like they could be able to, I don't know. This is all nitpicky stuff. I know it's still funny. And then she finishes her email and talks about family. And I swear to God, the Fast and Furious team must have watched this show. They drop family a lot in this show. Overall, what was your vibe on it, Rod? It was okay. I guess I'm just so used to the Weapon X storyline. Not much about it surprised me except for the chip in his brain. Mm -hmm. What I did get, and I don't know why, I couldn't tell you specifically exactly why, but I put a note here that like this whole episode felt like something that could have been written for a video game plot, especially with the whole like Wolverine teams up with Sabretooth, runs after the kids. I just, I felt like that would have been like a cutscene into like a, you know, a, a boss battle or something. Yeah. yeah. Like where you're running, like you're, you're playing as Kitty and you have to like run away from Wolverine and Sabretooth, you know. I, oh, like a quick time action scenario? Something, yeah, yeah. Yeah. These little like video game things. And I was like, oh, I wonder if somebody's made it. Like this would be a good video game scene. So it's my, you know, earmark this for, <laughs> for a story. I can tell you it was not. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's got feeling, and I know someone on TikTok is probably gonna spoil this for me. That th this is probably like one part of like they're probably gonna do like one or two episodes each season that come slowly completes this Wolverine backstory. I'm in a, I'm in a similar spot to you, and I mean the one thing I do know about a certain character getting introduced, I think that has to play a part in in his origin story too. So, mm -hmm. but it was okay. I thought it was fine. I I love having alternate takes to origins. It's not a copycat of the Task Force X group like what we had were because we don't see him like working directly with Sabretooth or anything like that yet. So it's possible that, you know, he never actually went into the task force and he just broke out early. One of those scenarios. I do like that. It was somebody different with him. It was, you know, the last episode where he's finding out more of his origin beast is with him here. It's, it's a more innocent set of eyes with, you know, Kitty and Nightcrawler. So I, I dug the differences. It's not Bruce Wayne watching his parents get shot the same way yeah. every fucking time. With the, kind of, with the like, pearls. He kind of goes through the, yeah, the pearls. He kind of goes through this alone. Because even though the kids are there, I don't 
they're not there for any of the big moment reveals. Yeah. So they probably don't know any of this stuff that's going on. They just saw him go berserk and just kind of try to be the best people they can in general. Yeah, like she just knows he's fighting something, but she doesn't know like, oh, he had the chip in his brain unless Professor X broke patient confidentiality, <laughs> which he probably did. Yeah, or he, she, she probably didn't know while they were in Canada that that was happening. Definitely didn't know while in Canada. Yeah. Debatable when they get back to the States. So, like I said, there was something about that early moment that that definitely had the original origin vibes for me. But yeah, there's not as much comic book reference in this as, as some of the other stuff from 92. But all right, well, we got two more episodes to record tonight. So thank yeah. you guys for joining us. If you have any thoughts, make sure to drop them into the comments for either the YouTube upload or official Instagram for the post. If you have any spoilers, watch out for TikTok because that's apparently where those go. <laughs> if you like what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating on the podcast app of your choosing. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google podcast cast box and i think i found out that stitcher is dead at least according to an email that i got because i think i registered us for there once but i don't think any of our listens came yeah. from stitcher so and last little button this should be out by now but i have it on word directly from ron wasserman his remastered redone version of the x-men theme song should be available by the time you hear this podcast so you can go find it on spotify and tiktok and all that stuff i got to hear it and it sounds awesome and we'll shout that out at the beginning of the next episode because as soon as we start telling people to go to apple Podcasts, i guarantee they click there next already <laughs> <laughs> so if you're still listening thank you and have a good night